homeschool expert is here to equip you to homeschool confidently with help from the experts. You can do this, and we are here to help. Visit homeschoolexpert.com for video and print resources. Helping you homeschool confidently is our host, Ann Crossman, and her guest expert for today's special broadcast. Hi, friend, and welcome to Homeschool Expert. I'm glad you're joining our conversation today with guest expert Ryan Delk. Ryan is the co-founder and CEO of Primer. And Ryan, I'm so glad you're joining us today to talk about this new homeschool startup you're launching. Thanks for making time for our conversation. Thanks so much for having me, and I'm excited. Yeah, this is going to be great. So talk to me about Primer. Um, this is such a new thing that you're developing. What's your background in tech, and how did this all come about? Yeah, so I was uh, so I've been building tech companies for the last uh, about ten years. Been out here in San Francisco, and um, I was actually homeschooled from kindergarten through eighth grade. And so I've always kind of been thinking about the homeschooling world. And uh, when we had our first kid, I started thinking about education a lot more um, about three years ago, and started looking at the homeschooling market and just trying to understand what was available, honestly, for us to use uh, for our own kids if we decided to homeschool. And was really just struck by uh, how little had been built uh, mm-hmm. with respect to tools and technology and products for both homeschool parents and also homeschool kids. Um, and it felt like there wasn't really any uh, you know, incredible teams building like world-class products for homeschoolers. And mm-hmm. so um, I started spending more time in the market, started talking to a bunch of homeschooling families, hundreds of homeschooling families, um, and just trying to learn as much as I could. And then over the course of the last three years, um, that sort of evolved into Primer. And we started working on this uh, at the end of last year, uh, full-time. Yeah. And so you're talking outside of curriculum, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of companies that are... Uh, there's obviously a lot of companies in the curriculum space and a lot of companies yes. that are building curriculum for homeschoolers. Um, but the, in, my, in my experience, the, the, there's so much outside of the curriculum and even yes. choosing curriculum is so hard for homeschool parents. And so um, we're trying to... you know, We're not building necessarily going to build a full stack curriculum in-house, at least not right now. Um, but there's so much outside of that that is just so difficult for parents to navigate and, and so much opportunity to create magical experiences for kids. Yeah. Um, but that's what we're really focused on. Yeah, which is great. And I totally, uh, you know, agree with what you're saying. Both you and I have talked before about some of our homeschooling parallels and how we were both homeschooled. And there was so little curriculum back in the 80s and 90s when this was taking off. I mean, my mom went to drugstores to buy math books because they just weren't available. There was no such thing even as a curriculum fair. And now we've got oceans of curriculum. But there are a lot of other needs that need to be addressed in the community as well, which is one of the reasons why I'm really excited about Primer because you're starting to tackle some of those. So what is it that Primer plans to do in the homeschooling world that's different from what you have seen organized in the past? Yeah, so there's a few things. So we, one of the things that we believe is that um, a lot of ed, ed tech companies, uh, as a lot of people refer to them, and a lot of the traditional education world really underestimates kids. And so um, we we have this thing that we say internally that some people think is a joke, but we're actually you know serious that kids are our heroes. Like we we wake up every morning and we read. Uh, you know we have a couple hundred families using Primer and Beta right now, and we read kids sharing uh, their aspirations on what they want to be when they grow up, or the things they want to work on, or the things they're excited about. Um, and I, I there's nothing more inspiring to me than reading that. Mm-hmm. And so we find that that taking kids seriously and and really giving them the scaffolding. Um, to and then really importantly, giving them like the white space and the sort of surface area to explore can create really, really incredible experiences for them. And so, um, the, the product.
products that we have live right now that we're rolling out invites to, um, there's sort of two parts to it. The student part of it is um, a series of interest-based clubs that kids can join. So we have a club for inventing physical things. We have a club for learning to code uh, through building video games. We have a club for the natural world and exploring biology and nature. And then we have a club for storytelling and learning how to tell stories through uh, written content and uh, photography and film. And audio content. And um, inside those clubs, there's all these different projects. There's a library of projects that kids can do. They can pick whichever projects interest them and they can tackle these projects alongside other kids. They can upload photos of their progress. They can ask for help. They can ask for feedback. They can give feedback. They can do the same project over and over again to learn uh, how to improve it based on feedback they're getting from their peers. And then there's experts available in the clubs that are hosting weekly uh, like video uh, showcases and then also Q&As. So if you're building a rocket, in the inventions club, you can have a SpaceX engineer who actually built a rocket that took, you know, just took two astronauts to the International Space Station, give you feedback uh, and critique on your rocket. And so um, that's on the kid side of it. And that's what we're, we're sort of focused on on that, that side. That's so fun. Then, can I join the kid side? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I actually, we actually all do projects. The entire team does projects alongside that's the kids awesome. um, yep. to test them out. And it's, it's super fun. And then on the parent side, we're building out, um, think of it like an operating system for homeschooling. So we're building out a dashboard where you can see we built a dashboard where you can see everything so you have all your kids you see all the subjects that they're learning you can see what curriculum you've chosen for those subjects so if you're using beast academy um, if you're using mystery science you can load all those in um, and then we're building out the ability for you to track and, and assign certain uh, lessons to your kids so if you you know are uh, the type of homeschooler that is like assigning lessons and having them go through specific curriculum you can assign that to them and they can see that in their dashboard mm. if you see a youtube video you want them to watch or if you see uh you know a podcast you want them to listen to or a book you want them to read, you can load that in for them. And then they see that in their primer dashboard as well. Um, and so alongside all the clubs they're doing, they can also start to see the other things that they're doing that day um, from a homeschooling perspective. And then we're starting to also help parents with a lot of the administrative and sort of the, the harder parts of homeschooling. So things mm-hmm. like regulatory compliance, we give you a guide for how to be compliant um, in your city, in your state, uh, in terms of like all the things you need to file and um, the things you need to be aware of. And then soon we're actually going to do all that for you um, to make it really easy. So you don't even have to worry about that at all. Um, and oh, then wow. we'll also offer things like coaching um, and things to help parents gain confidence and and get feedback um, on their homeschooling as well. So that's kind of like the the sort of immediate roadmap of where we're going. That's so exciting. And so you're actually answering one of the concerns that a lot of parents new to homeschooling have, which is, but what about the collaborative learning piece? What about integrating some of the social with the academics? And you're providing a space to do that, it sounds like, for a lot of these clubs. Yeah. We, I mean, one of the things that we believe is just that the power of exploring alongside other kids is something that that kids do not have enough time to do in the current education system. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my experience was doing that. I was figuring things out alongside other kids that were in a co-op that we were a part of. Um, and some of the, the fondest memories that I have about my education were these sort of very, very open-ended projects and experiences that we got to kind of explore and tackle without a set timeline or without a set agenda or a set endpoint. Um, and, you know, we could mess up, we could fail, things could go wrong. Um, but we were able to sort of figure it out together. And, and we actually learned, I think, a lot more by doing that together than we would have doing it solo. And so for a lot of homeschool parents, especially right now, um, you know, it's really difficult to find other kids and to, especially other kids that share your kids' interests and, right. uh, you know, maybe share their ambition and their creativity. Um, and so we want to allow parents to, you know, have their kids basically be able to self-select into these clubs they're excited about and then meet other kids that are like-minded and start to have some of that experience themselves. Okay. So can you unpack that even a little bit more for me too? So when you're comparing 
homeschool to traditional school in terms of the collaborative element, um, you're sort of saying that, which took me off guard in a pleasant way, like what we're, what you're trying to do through Primer um, collaborates differently. So rather than trying to reproduce what was in the classroom, you're trying to do it differently than what was done and has been done. So can you expand that a bit more? Like what do you see being done in the classroom for collaborative purposes for learning? And how is that different from what Primer wants to do? Yeah, so I think I should preface this by saying that I think um, public school teachers and traditional school teachers, by and large, are heroes, and they are doing you know an incredible job in a system that um, has you know a very poor incentive structure, and yes. um, you know is, they are not set up for success. Um, so I, should, I, wanna, I always preface that when I talk about me too. Education. I do too because uh, I used to be a public high school English teacher. It's like I have no beef oh, with nice. teachers. They're doing yeah, great exactly. work. It's just hard. It's a very hard setup. So yeah. Exactly. So I'm glad you mentioned that. So great. Keep going. That's yeah. great. And so when you have like 30 kids in a classroom and emphasis on classroom, you know, you have a hundred by 80 or 40 by 20 or however big the classroom is depending on the school, um, you know, space that you have 30 kids that they have to learn things. There's just huge limitations to what can actually be done, um, both physically in that space. And then also just with the sheer numbers of kids and the ratio between students and teachers, and then the time that's, that's allowed. Um, there's no, there's no world in, uh, you know, in a traditional school where if kids are really excited about something, they can just keep going for hours because they're mm-hmm. excited about it. Um, you know, there's, there's classes and there's bells and there's schedules and there's, you know, carpool lines and there's all these things and all those things are necessary to make the system work when you want to educate, you know, tens of millions of kids every year through a public school system. Yes. Um, but in homeschooling, you have this amazing opportunity where literally like the world is the classroom and there's really no time bound. And so we have kids that are, you know, uploading projects to primer that they're working on at eight o'clock at night, um, or (laughs) at seven o'clock in the morning. And, you know, we don't, we don't tell them at all when they need to work on these things. And I don't think many of their parents do either, but if they're excited about something and, you know, we have, we had (laughs) some amazing interactions that are starting to happen where one kid will get stuck and they'll say, Hey, you know, I can't figure out how to write this code to make this, you know, this, this person do this in my game. And then another student will log on at seven o'clock at night and say, Oh, you know, you should do this and this and this here, let me Mm -hmm. record a video and show you. And the next morning that that student wakes up and sees that someone's helped them, you know, solve their issue. And so Mm -hmm. I think for us, like that, the power of, um, not just the projects themselves being architected. So there's a lot of white space and area for them to explore, but also the literal time element where over multiple days or weeks or months or years, kids can explore these topics and these projects that they're excited about um, without any boundaries. That That's the stuff that gets me really, really excited. And that's where yes. I think you start to see a lot of this magic happen. Yeah, I think that sounds great. I'm excited for what you guys are building. So in the past, homeschooling hasn't really been accepted as a normalized possibility for education. And as I listened to you talking about Primer, Um, what you're doing is innovative and non-normal in a really great way. So how does Primer want to make homeschooling more mainstream or like help parents feel like this is a more normalized way to educate? Well, I mean, I think for better or worse, COVID has definitely... um definitely shifted perceptions there quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so we're, we're certainly, we started, you know, pre COVID, but we're certainly trying to do everything we can to support the families that are trying to navigate homeschooling for the first time. But I think what we've heard from a lot of families, even pre COVID was that they, they've always either wanted to explore homeschooling or want their kids to have a homeschool like experience. Um, they like the idea of homeschooling, but they have no idea how to get started. The logistics of it seem really, really daunting mm-hmm. and they have no idea what success looks like. The, the feedback loop on homeschooling is extremely long. You know, even if you have your kid take a standard, test every year, you don't know until May, you know, how they really did that year. Mm. And so a lot of what we're trying to do on the parent side is, 
you know, the, the sort of the logistical and administrative complexity is one thing, but the other thing is just giving parents confidence and just helping them see, you know, most parents, I think actually, you know, can do a great job homeschooling. And when they're set up for success and they have the infrastructure and the community and the, you know, the people in their corner, uh, I think that makes all the difference. And so, you know, I would say, you know, 75, 80% of what we're doing is on the parent side is definitely these, you know, administrative and like these creating these tools that are valuable for them. But another huge thing that we want to do is just help parents gain confidence. And so that's the coaching stuff that we want to roll out. And a lot of the things around that side of the business are really about just helping parents feel confident in their ability to deliver an exceptional education for their kids. I agree. I totally agree. And this is one of the ways that, uh, for the listener that you and I ended up teaming up originally was because we were both trying to solve that question, but in different ways, how do we help parents yeah. homeschool confidently? And, um, I've just finished, uh, recording all 11 of our teaching video series for parents to say, here are the nice. nuts, nuts and bolts, right? The logistics of what you need to do. Like, how do you create something? <laughs> how do you know how your child learns best? And all those really important questions that are hard to address and just take a couple hours to start well. So um, I love how we're both coming at the same problem from a different side so that we can help families all the way around. So totally. what should what should parents anticipate then seeing from Primer over the next school year? Like if we're you've given us a really great view, like great projection moving out forward of how you want to grow Primer. But for this year and COVID solves, what could parents come to Primer um, to find for support? So what we have live right now, um, and it's we have about 100, 150 families using it right now in beta, and we'll be rolling out public invites starting mid of August. Mm-hmm. Um, what we have live now is those four clubs that I mentioned, and we're going to be launching more clubs as well that are full of projects and students that are tackling these projects. So your, your kids can join these clubs. Um, and the, the ideal age is like somewhere between six and seven on the young side and then 14, 15 on the high side. But mm-hmm. you can sort of augment, um, you know, or on the young side, the parent can obviously do a lot of these with them for younger mm-hmm. kids. And then on the adults, on the uh, older side, uh, you know, you could augment it in some ways to make it a bit more challenging. Um, but there's these clubs that are available for kids so they can dive in and start, you know, whether it's for a few hours a day or um, a few hours a week or whatever makes sense for you, they can dive in and have these really rich experiences building and doing things alongside other kids. And then on the parent side, um, helping you just kind of try to as sane, be as sane as possible, whether you're trying to figure out how to start homeschooling for the first right. time or you've been yeah. homeschooling, but you want tools to kind of take it to the next level. So we have all the compliance uh, you know, stuff that I talked about that helps you navigate that whole side of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the parent dashboard where you can start to visualize, okay, what, what curriculums are we using? You know, what are we doing for music? What are we doing for, you know, a language? What are we doing for math? Um, and then start to assign those things out to your kids and sort of be able to track the progress against that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll have a lot more coming, but that's sort of like the, that's, that's what we're bringing, uh, to market this fall for homeschool families. Okay. That sounds excellent. Thanks for pointing that out to people so that they know where to come if they're looking for help. So what are some of the greatest needs you see then? Um, and you know, this plays into how you're building primer, right? needs both in the homeschooling community, but also for new families considering homeschooling, trying to enter it, right? So the homeschoolers already exist, as well as the newbies. What are some need areas that you see, whether or not you think Primer is able to address them because, um, you know, one company is not going to address everything, but things that parents should be aware of as they're thinking about homeschooling and what should be on their radar. Yeah. So the, uh, for the existing families, the main feedback that we've heard, and we've had many, many conversations with families at this point is that, um, there's a lot of, there's, uh, an enormous amount of like new stuff out there and curriculums and different things that people are launching. Um, and all that is great, but there's, there's a, 
a huge lack of the ability for them to connect their kids with uh, other kids who share their ambition or their interest or, mm-hmm. um, you know, their drive and motivation. And so everyone has like, you know, their local co-ops and different things that they're a part of, but those are sort of, you know, random communities that are basically yes. based on geography and they can be, they're extremely important. Uh, this is not a knock on co-ops, but you know, if you have a second grader, that's like super interested in, uh, you know, baking or a 15 year old, that's super interested in molecular biology, there might not be another kid that's around their age <laughs> in that co-op yeah. that shares that interest and yeah, connecting luck them the with draw. a kid. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And connecting them with a kid or, or kids that share that interest around their age, older and younger than them can be extremely powerful. And so mm-hmm. part of what we want to offer to, you know, existing homeschool parents that say, Hey, I already got all the curriculum stuff figured out. I know what I'm doing. Um, is really to say, Hey, you, this is an opportunity for your kids to connect with other kids that share their ambition and their dreams and their passions in a, in a way that can actually make a much more rich learning and education experience for them. And then on the the newbie side, for if you were just trying to figure out homeschooling, our goal is to try to take as much of the guesswork out as possible. So mm-hmm. we'll have recommended curriculums. If you're like, hey, I just need fifth grade math. I just need to figure it out for the school year. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. just give me what's best. We're going to say, okay, cool. Here's, you know, Beast Academy and a few other options um, that are that we think are great. Um, and you can go, you know, try them and see what works for you. But we think one of these will be a good fit. Um, we want to help with all that to save all the Google searches and the, you know, the hours that are spent trying to just figure it out. Um, same thing on the regulatory side. Like, you know, it's, it, when I was trying to figure out how to homeschool in California, if we wanted to homeschool, it literally took me like 10 or 20 hours of researching all these different forms and trying to figure out which charter school we could use and all this different stuff. So confusing. Um, Yeah. And so we actually went and paid a law firm tens of thousands of dollars to go, uh, basically look at all the regulations across every single state in the U S and every single city, and then build this tool that gives that Mm -hmm. to you. Um, and so that's, that was part of the inspiration for that. So for new families, it's just about taking out the guesswork, um, and hopefully giving your kids a really exceptional, you know, first year homeschooling. Yeah. Your navigator tool is excellent. I it was one of the first things I went onto your site to test out. Um, oh, nice. I was Thank needing you. new information, but because that's where, that's the first question parents should be asking is how do I do this legally? And it's, yeah, it's all right there. You made it so easy. I just type in my city. I don't even have to type in my address. So for people who are like, oh no, I don't want to give them my personal information. It's like, yeah, just type in your city. Uh, and exactly. it pulls right up, which is so cool. So, um, so where was I going to take this next? Um, we kind of glazed in the beginning over how you got into homeschooling personally, but I'd love to go back to that. And can you tell me more of your story? Because you and I are from the generation of homeschoolers where there weren't very many of us. It was kind of an odd thing to do back in the day. And um, so, so how did you get into homeschooling and, and what's your background with that? Yeah. So I, um, I, so I was homeschooled kindergarten through eighth grade. Um, and back then, my, so my funny story, my mom was actually, uh, she was a public school teacher in Atlanta when I was mm-hmm. born and we moved to Florida when I was really young. And she actually wrote one of her uh, papers when she was getting her teaching degree on why homeschooling should be illegal and why it's like the worst <laughs> form of education. Um, and then, you know, fast forward uh, a few years later and she homeschooled me and my siblings for 16 years between the three of us. Um, and so yeah, but, she... But what changed her mind though? That's a... Yeah. Job. So she took us... Yeah. So she took me to... I was, I was the oldest and she took me to a kindergarten orientation in Florida. And in the 90s, uh, early 90s, late 80s, I think it's slightly better now, but... Um, 
they the the public the school the school system the public school system in Florida was um, was was not great and so um, she took me to kindergarten orientation and was just like I cannot leave you here like like I think like any school teacher she'd be kind of teaching me some things at home and like mm-hmm. you know doing she wouldn't have called it this but like kind of homeschooling me through like you know pre K and all that sure. um, and so she supplemental decided education to, yeah <laughs> exactly so she decided to keep me at home for uh, for the year and then that you know turned into a domino for the next 16 years. Mm-hmm. And so I had this really amazing experience being homeschooled. I, I, you know, thought it was basically like a, a dream. It was like the best, the best way to be educated. I went to a traditional high school, which I also liked, but I felt like homeschooling kind of gave me almost like superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been, this like kind of advantage for my, for my life. And then went to a traditional university, University of Florida, ended up dropping out to come out to San Francisco and start building tech companies. But I've always kind of felt like homeschooling was like this asset throughout my life that taught me how to think, taught me how to communicate, taught me how to actually, you know, think for myself, not just, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of accept whatever the traditional view is. Um, And so that was kind of the... I mean, t- basically that was the, uh, you know, original impetus was just kind of the fact that I was homeschooled and like, I kind of carried that with me. Um, and then, you know, I think in the early nineties, I don't know the exact numbers, but it was like, you know, a few hundred thousand families max were homeschooling. Right. Um, and now it's between you know, two and a half and 3 million families, um, that, that are homeschooling. Uh, and so that's kind of the, um, you know, for me, that that's kind of the that, that was interesting was that my mom was kind of on the, the front of that wave, and um, now it's obviously you know much more mainstream. Mm. And you have how many siblings, and were they homeschooled? Uh, just two, yeah, and they were both homeschooled. Okay, all the way through, or or similar to your pattern. Uh, same thing, yeah. We were all homeschooled K through eighth, and then uh, and then we we were uh, we all went to traditional high schools and then traditional universities as well. Yeah. So can you talk about that for a moment? Because I was homeschooled then leading into high school as well. What was your transition like um, switching from the home environment to public school system? Is that what it was? Uh, so actually I went to a private school. Okay. Um, and I would, I mean, for me, it was, uh, I think, I don't know for, I think mean, I have heard some, some homeschoolers that have had, that's been a hard transition, but by and large, I think everyone has had a pretty, uh, you know, it either felt like, uh, it was easy or felt like, uh, almost like disappointed when they got to, uh, you know, the traditional school. Mm-hmm. So for me, I went to a classical, uh, classical Christian high school. And so it was, um, very like the, the academic style was a lot of debate and conversation and you know, learning to defend things that you agreed with and didn't agree with and lots of kind of reading and critical thinking. And so it, I really felt like I thrived there and I, I loved it. And it felt like almost like a continuation of, the way that my parents had homeschooled me. And so for me, it didn't feel, um, you know, it didn't feel particularly, uh, like anything other than the structure didn't feel that new. Um, and if anything, I felt like it helped me excel because I was already, you know, uh, it was interesting. It's, it was a K through 12 school and I went there from nine through 12th and almost no one just joins for high school. Most kids go K through right. 12 there. Right. And I felt like I was, you know, as prepared or better prepared than most of my classmates for this type of learning and dialogue and, um, debate, you know, even though they had sort of been presumably like prepping, you know, for nine years to get to that point. Yeah. And yeah. so it was a pretty interesting experience for me just feeling like, you know, my mom and my dad basically, you know, prepped me really well for this, you know, this high school that was supposed to be this, you know, like sort of, and it was amazing, like academically and all that, but it was, you know, I didn't feel like it was anything, any big deal, um, compared right. to what I've been doing at home. Yeah, that's so cool. I uh, I interviewed the dean of admissions from University of North Carolina recently, and he was saying something similar to what you're saying, which is when homeschoolers come on campus and they have you know hundreds of them who apply and are accepted every year, um, they don't seem much different than the other students. He said, which is really positive that they can just we don't yeah. want them to seem different. We, we want them to come in and just be part of the fabric of 
the community. Of course, everybody bringing their own diverse backgrounds and perspectives, but they're neither the worst students nor the best necessarily. They're just in there with the mix and, and doing really well and they're well prepared. So uh, that's great that you're sort of echoing that same sentiment, but, but you said a word superpowers. So I'm really curious, what superpowers do you feel like you had going through that transition into high school that you got from homeschooling? That's a good question. I, I felt like the, the two things that I took away um, that I think most impacted the rest of my life was my mom always talked about she really wanted to teach us to learn how to learn. It was like this mm-hmm. phrase that she used a lot. Yeah. And so there was a big emphasis on not just, hey, I want you to learn this thing, but I actually want to teach you how to learn this thing. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't understand something or if you get something wrong or if, you, um, you know, if something doesn't make sense, here's the path to figuring that out. And I think that is, that's probably something that I really underappreciated at the time, but especially like my brain is not, not super well suited for like hardcore math and physics, but I took a lot of like the AP calculus and physics classes. And I think I was able to, you know, survive those classes mostly because I was able to just deconstruct these things that I felt like my brain was just not wired to understand. But I was able to figure out, you know, I knew sort of the framework of, okay, I don't understand this thing, but here's the ways to deconstruct it. And then actually, you know, over time, like help wrap my head around it. And I had the persistence to just, you know, kind of keep banging my head against the wall, which is also a really important thing. And that was just kind of how my parents sort of taught me how to learn. And the other thing I would say is they, they were just really big on communication. So mm-hmm. um, learning how to you know, share what you believed, uh, you know, share your thoughts, defend your thoughts, uh, ask why, understand why, be able to answer mm-hmm. why, all those things. And I think both in that environment and the high school I went to and you know, obviously in the real world, those skills uh, just are so valuable. And getting those at a young age instead of learning them at 25 um, is just really, really important. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think for me, one of the, that's funny, your mom's phrase, learn how to learn is the same one my mom used. They must've read the same book, but um, the idea that failure was defined differently in homeschooling helped me learn. I don't know what your experience was with that. I'd be curious to hear it, but it was not about trying to get the grade on the test. Um, It was trying to push ourselves. How much can we learn? What do we think? How deep can we go? How far can we go? And I wasn't, there was no yardstick that I felt like I was up against all the time. We did have totally. grades. We did take tests, but that wasn't the purpose. That was just a measurement. Um, the purpose was to, you know, become or think or develop. And and how does that how does that sentiment like fit with what your parents set up for you? Yeah, I mean, so they. It, it's very similar. I think that the main things that my parents felt, um, I mean, the main things that my parents felt the most strongly about was helping me helping all of us i think see um if there's something that i'm trying to think how to phrase this so i'll, I'll take that in a slightly different direction and if this doesn't answer it just um just feel free to edit this out or whatever um <laughs> that's fine so it, 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 uh, the thing that my, my parents, I think really tried to hammer into us and, and help us understand was that there are, there's a, there's a, a, a sub, there are like very, very, uh, important things that you need to understand and, and learn about and, um, and know, and there's, there's, there's these like specific subjects or specific things that are important to know. Um, but the, the, how that you actually do that is, is as important or more important. Mm-hmm. And I think what uh, the interesting thing for me was learning how transferable 
that how was between yeah, different things. Um, yeah. And so I, I don't, I'm still sort of formulating my thoughts on this, but I think um, one thing that is very underemphasized in traditional education is that is the transferability of skill sets between mm-hmm. not just academic things, but also like, you know, philosophy and you know, figuring out your worldview and faith yes. and anything else that's, that's true for you. Um, because there's, once you start to, to understand how to unpack things and evaluate things and seek truth and, you know, this long list of, of sort of the meta, uh, cognitive thinking that, that you sort of develop over time, mm-hmm. the transferability of that is, is you can basically, you know, you can almost learn anything after you figure out those things. Yeah. And so I think I, I think that was something that I didn't, that my parents were really big on that. I don't think I totally appreciated, uh, until I was much older. Yeah. It's a very holistic approach to learning and developing a person beyond just subject matter. Yeah. Where do I have a need and how can I find that need and support that need and get stronger? And yeah, all that. Absolutely. Exactly. So if I can circle back to primer then, um, cause this is one of the questions that I was stuttering on earlier. <laughs> Couldn't get it to come back to mind, but, but did you build primer in response to COVID or how is it that your timing is aligned so well with what's happening in the world right now? Uh, it, better to be lucky than good, I guess is, um, <laughs> yeah. what, what they say. Uh, I, I, yeah, so we started this pre-COVID. Um, I've been thinking about this for years and we started working on it in November of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, I think, uh, you know, I think everyone has this like, uh, you know, like, oh, it must be amazing. Like building a homeschooling company right now. It's just, there's parts of that that are true, but it's certainly um, from a leadership perspective, like the inside baseball on this is that it's extremely challenging because mm-hmm. the same thing that is wreaking havoc on our world and, you know, on people's lives and um, people's loved ones and, um, you know, all these, the economy and all these different things, um, is also the same thing that's, you know, driving huge amounts of interest in our company. And from a leadership perspective, leading with the empathy of the mm. fact that this thing, that's this like terrible, you know, horrible crisis, um, that is, you know, politicized and, you know, all these, all these other things now is also the same thing that is like the wind in the sails, you know, mm-hmm. accelerating the company, you know, 10, 20, 30 X beyond where we would have been otherwise, um, is, is a very, it's, it's a challenge. And so one of the things that we're, you know, as a team and as a leader that I'm trying to do right now is sort of hold both of those things for the team and for myself and, um, you know, for our customers to have a ton of empathy, um, yes. you know, for, for what's going on while also, you know, certainly being very thankful relative to a lot of other businesses, the travel industry and elsewhere that have been completely wiped out. Um, you know, that we are, we're not in that position. Right. Who could have guessed? I find myself having a similar mental conversation with myself, but, but yeah, this feeling of being grateful that I can help right now. So my book and project were started six years ago, not knowing wow. that now is going to be the time. And I've been in the lab essentially all that time, um, collecting research and, and practicing and testing out new theories and what have you with my own kids and other families and our community groups. And, um, the idea was I was supposed to publish a book and like 2022 <laughs> and then COVID wow. hit and it's transformed from what was just a book to this whole online trying to help parents right now, because I feel that sense of desperation. I'm getting text messages and phone calls from so many people, as I imagine you have, right. Saying you were homeschooled. Can you help me out? Like, what, totally. what do I need to, where do I start? What do I need for this? And how do I find curriculum? And, and I can hear the concern and the fear and this helplessness and I want to help. So. Yeah, there's not. I'm, I'm not celebrating it that they've aligned. If anything, I just feel thankful. It's like, okay, good. I'm actually going to be able to help somebody. Um, you know, what a great way that the timing has worked. And I wish it had never come about this way. Um, totally. 
uh, with illness, but, but glad that we can be here. So I'm glad to be here with you, Ryan, that you guys are doing such fabulous work supporting families because thank you. Likewise. We need it. That's exciting. So any final thoughts you have then for our friend listening today who may be new to the idea of homeschooling and you can take that question any direction you want, but, but what would be some of your, your parting words of wisdom? If you I would just say you can do it. It's, it's, uh, I think it's, it sounds really daunting. And I think, um, everyone who, you know, has homeschooled is, you know, has had moments where like they, they don't know how to get started or, um, you know, feel like, uh, you know, feel like they, they can't do it or it's impossible. Um, but there's, you know, uh, at least I can speak for us. There's a small team of really smart, uh, you know, really amazing people that, that we have on our team that are working really hard, uh, for you and to make, make the whole homeschooling market and the whole, homeschooling world a lot easier to navigate. And so, and there's, you know, thousands of other people like us, um, from Anne to other people who are, um, you know, working long hours and nights Mm -hmm. and weekends and, um, blood, sweat, and tears to try to make this easier for you. And so, um, we're not going to stop anytime soon. And so I just, you know, I would want everyone just to know that there's a lot of people that care a lot, uh, care a lot about them and a lot about homeschooling. And, um, you know, this is, uh, I think there's going to be, it's going to be a really amazing next few years, um, for homeschooling with everything that's coming down the pipe. Yeah, totally agree with you. We're going to make lemonade out of these lemons, hopefully, as families. So it's going to be good. I love that line. You can do this and we're here to help. So absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, sincerely for making time to share your experiences and your thoughts and all the hours that you're putting into climate. I can can only imagine what your world must look like right now because you've got littles at home too and and COVID that you are living through. So thank you for making time to do this and to appear as an expert on the show. Indeed. Well, thanks for having me. Ryan, thanks so much for making time to be with us today to have this conversation about homeschooling and where the future of homeschooling is headed. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to talk with you about this really timely subject. And thank you especially, friend, for joining us. I look forward to our next conversation. Thanks for joining Ann Crossman on our podcast, helping you homeschool confidently with help from the experts. You can do this, and we are here to help. We invite you to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast, so you stay up to date on the latest resources. See you next time.